We are learning Daf Vav in Masechet Ta'anit. We are four lines from the top of the Amud. Tanu Rabbanan, the rabbis taught, Yoreh. Why are the early rains called Yoreh? Because they teach from the word Hora'ad. They teach us, they make us aware to plaster our roofs if they need it, to bring the fruit inside so it doesn't get rotten in the rain, and to do everything that needs to be done before the rains come. In other words, they are the first rains and they start to signal to us that we need to adapt to the coming rainy season. Uh, another uh, interpretation, that what it does is it wets the ground, and it uh, provides uh, water, it provides uh, moisture unto the deep. As it says in the Pesach, and the Bach here has a little bit different, he has um, that what it means is, first, he has the... Uh, the uh, another interpretation that it comes down softly and it doesn't come down harshly that the Bach inserts there, but we don't have that in our Gemara. We have the that it makes it wet and it reaches down to the deep as it says in the Pasuk. It says, um, the furrows you uh, make wet uh, and and it uh, penetrates into the uh, into the ground. With water, it softens. Bless its um, it, it sprouts. The the uh, it, what comes out of the ground. So that pasuk that pasuk is talking about how the water penetrates into the ground and softens the ground to get it ready for the upcoming growth that's going to emerge from it. That was what. The Bach had before the previous Rasha. Or maybe doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean soft. It means hard. It means that it's actually going to tear the fruits off of the trees and it's going to flood the seeds. And overwhelm the trees. No. We know that it's connected to Malkosh. Just like Malkosh is a blessing, so to the Yoreh is a blessing. How do you know that maybe Malkosh also knocks over houses and breaks trees and brings up the, uh, uh, brings the bugs up the, uh, from the ground and uh, you know, disturbs them and causes them to rise up? Meaning Malkosh would be Lashon Klala. She says maybe it's a language of curse. Instead of a blessing, how do you know it's a, a blessing? That uh, no, because it's connected to Yoreh, and we know that Yoreh is a blessing, so Malkosh has to be a blessing. But now we're in circular reasoning because we learned that Yoreh is a bacha from the Malkosh, and now we're saying we know Malkosh is a bacha from the Yoreh. Because it says in the Pasuk that the people should celebrate in Hashem their God because He has given them the more for, ch- for tzedakah. For charity, literally means, but it means like for kindness. And the rain, more Malkosh, will come down in the first month, meaning in the month of Nisan. In other words, they are both considered more and Malkosh, or Yore and Malkosh are considered sources of blessing and not curse. The early rain is in Malkoshvan, and Malkosh is in Nisan. How do you know? Maybe the, uh, maybe the Yore is a little bit earlier in Tishrei, and maybe the, uh, maybe the late rain is a little bit later in Iyar. Be'ito. That's why it says Be'ito in its proper time. Malkosh. What does Malkosh mean? Amar Rav Nahilai Bar'idi Amar Shmuel Tavar Shemal Kashyotein Shel Yisrael It's called Malkosh because it's Malkosh it, 
it circumcises the, the, the hardness of the Jewish people. In other words, their stubbornness and resistance is broken by it because when it's withheld and they get nervous that the food is being withheld, that's when they do teshuvat. What it means, malkosh, is it's mimalei, it fills the stubble. In other words, it fills the stalks of grain with nice, uh, it, 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 it stimulates further growth so that the crops that emerge are actually fully formed and uh, more uh, more beneficial than that. Now we learned in a bright It's called Malkosh because it falls on the Malilot and on the Kashin. In other words, it falls on the on the uh, the parts of the grain that are taken in the hand of a person that they eat it, as well as on the stem. In other words, it falls at a time when the grain is fully formed, is already grown, so there's already both the uh, the stalk and the uh, you know meaning the stem as well as the head of the grain is is there. When this this later rain falls, Tani Dachu learned in a brayta. I'm sorry, I skipped. Tanu Rabbanan Yorah b'Marcheshvan Malkosh b'Nisan. It says that Yorah comes in Marcheshvan and Malkosh b'Nisan. Atam Yorah b'Marcheshvan Ino b'Chodesh Kislev. How do you know? Maybe it comes in Kislev even later. Tamod Lamar b'Ito. It says b'Ito Yorah Malkoshvan Malkosh b'Ito. If Yorah b'Ito, it's just like Malkosh is in its right time. So too Yorah has to be in its right time. Tani Dachu learned in the brayta. Yorah b'Marcheshvan Malkosh b'Nisan. The Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir says that. But Chachamim Omim Yorah b'Kislev. Actually, the Chachamim say that Yorah is in Kislev, not Marcheshvan. Man Chachamim Amav Chista. The Rabbi Yosi. That's Rabbi Yosi's opinion. The Tanya. Ezor Yorah v'Yarishona. When is the first rain come? On the third of Marcheshvan. Benonit b'shivabo. The middle one is the seventh of, of Marcheshvan. Afila b'shivasarbo. The Rabbi Meir. The late is the seventeenth. I'm sorry. The, the yeah, the seventeenth. So you have three dates. If it comes, uh, the the first rain comes. Um, the Yoreh comes in three installments. Third of Marcheshvan, it should come by. Uh, the uh, the um, middle the middle rain should come on the 7th, and the uh, last one comes on the 17th, that's all called the Yoreh rain. He pushes it a little bit later. He says, no, the first one is the 7th, the second one is the 17th, and the third one is the 23rd. So he pushes it another set later. He says, no, the first is the 17th, actually, not the 7th. The second one is the 23rd, and the, fir- and the last is the Rosh Chodesh Kislev. The last one is Rosh Chodesh Kislev. That we don't fast for the lack of rain until Rosh Chodesh Kislev has passed, meaning that until that time we could still say it's just delayed. In other words, we'll just say that it's the early rain, but it's delayed. But once you pass Rosh Chodesh Kislev, so there's no more, uh, there's no more uh, Yoreh, because you passed the time, and there, now you have to fast, uh, or declare fast, the individuals have to start fasting, worrying about the drought. That there was another version of what Rav Chista said, that he, when he talked about the Halakha being according to Rav Yossi, we asked for rain starting on the 3rd of According to this, Rav Chista said that the halacha is like Rabban Gamliel, not like Rabbi Yossi. In other words, that we start asking for rain on the seventh of Marcheshvan. Who said that if you have seven days of rain straight, you can count the first, second, and third installment of rain? Now, according to Tosfot, it doesn't actually say that. It should say, um, if you have seven days, one after the other, without an interruption, 
one and two, not one, two, and three. One and two. Who is the one that says that? Keman Rabbi That's Rabbi Yossi, because according to Rabbi Yossi, if you do the math, as Tosfor explains, Kevando Pasku, Zayin Yamim, then Ben Yud Zayin Kav Gimel, El Zayin Yamim. Since he says that the first rain is the 17th of Marcheshvan, the second one is the 23rd, that's seven days. Yud Zayin Yud Chet Yud Tet, Kav Kav Alaf Kav Bet, and Kav Gimel. So that's, um, but we, he doesn't say, it's, Tosfot says it shouldn't say the third. We shouldn't have that. Now, why, uh, why does it say that in our Gemara? Well, we see that, that also Rashi tries to explain it, and there's some, uh, there's some, uh, ambiguity in Rashi, uh, exactly how it's supposed to, uh, be explained. But the Rashi in Masachet Anit is not, a, not actually written by Rashi, according to most, and therefore, uh, it's even more reliable to follow the Tosafot here. And, um, in any case, that's the, uh, that makes sense that you could actually have the first and second installment of the, rains of the early rain in seven days. It's considered that the first and second installments came from one rain that lasted seven days that went from the 17th to the 23rd, according to Rabbi Yossi. And that's what, that, and there we have Amar of Chizda Alachak Rabbi Yossi. Now Bishlam Ariviyari Shonalish Ol. We understand why we need to know when the rain first falls to know when to start asking for rain. The third of Marcheshvan, the seventh, seventeenth. How do we know? Shlishi Litanot. We also know that we need to know when the third installment of the early rain comes because if it doesn't come by then, if the rain still doesn't come by then, then that means that we missed the Yoreh and we need to start fasting, right? But Shniel Lemai, what's the significance of the second rain? What do we need the second rain for? Why do we need to know that? Amar of Chizda Rabbi Yossi said Lindarim. For oaths, because if a person made an oath, if a person says, I'm not going to benefit from such and such or do such and such until the rain, uh, right? if the person says, I'm not going to do such and such, right? or if a person says, from the time that the rain falls, or he says, until the time that the rain falls, whatever he says, if he uses the rainfall, he means the second rainfall of, that, uh, of the season, not the first. So therefore you need... So what you wait for the second one, either for his neder to start or for the neder to end. Rav Zavid Amal Actually, it's significant for halachot related to olives. What is that? When can any person go and take the gifts that are normally left for the poor, the things that fall, the things that are forgotten, the corner of the field, when the poor people are not coming anymore to get it? Anyone can get it. When the nemoshot are done. We're going to see what that is in a second. When they've gone. Okay. Beperet olelot. Right, so uh, that's um, so when it comes to leket shechau that's when the nimoshot have gone. Beperetu ba'olelot when it has when it has to do with the grapes that are unfor- unformed, underdeveloped. Mishiel chuaniim, then it's the uh, when the poor people have already gone, and then bekerim. Uh, I'm sorry, when the poor people have already gone through the, uh, uh, through the kerem, they've already gone through the, uh, vineyard and they've gone twice. In other words, when everyone's already gone twice, whatever's left over, anybody can take. Okay? Um, that's with the grapes. With the leftover grain that's been abandoned or dropped or, uh, or left over in the corner there from the time of the Nimoshot. We'll sort of see what that is in a second. Um, but then, when it comes to olives, that once the, um, Second rain of the season has fallen, so whatever olives are still left on the trees that have been left for the poor, now anybody can take them because the poor people are not going to come anymore. That's already so late in the season that they're not going to take anymore. They're done taking whatever they were going to take. Now, the Gemara says, My nimoshot. What are these nimoshot? This is a reference to the people who go very slowly, the old people who go very slowly, and they walk with a cane 
uh, along the way. So therefore, they're the last of the people who get to come and uh, collect the food. And so when they're done, then it's available for everyone else. It's not talking about the old people. It's talking about the people who have gone with a double team. They go with the, the, the father and the son go together and... Uh, uh, and that's the last, um, it says, meaning they're the last, the person who's coming with the young child to help him is the last who uh, passes through the uh, olives, or uh, sorry, through the uh, grain to um, to collect. So in any case, that's the, the, the relevance here is the rain one, the one in the, the, the case of the olives. The, another significance of knowing when the second rain is is that that's when it's permi- when it's no longer permitted to walk in the shvilei roshut because the amamor the master said malachin kol adam shvilei roshut there are areas that even though they're private property the chachamim allowed people to walk through there and use it as a shortcut until the second rain falls because then the grain starts to grow and if you walk on those areas you're going to trample the grain. It's to get rid of perot shvi'it the shmita produce once the shmita produce is no longer present in the field for animals to eat it's no longer available for those who want to come collect it you can no longer keep it in your house either until when can you benefit from and burn uh, for food and for uh, other purposes the um, the uh, straw and stubble of the Shvi'it by then we assume in other words by the time the um the second rain has fallen so 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 now we uh, uh, now the um uh, we assume that there's no more of these things available in the field anymore at that point. And my time, what's the reason? Because it says you have to leave it for the animals and the wild animals in the, in the land. Um, as long as the wild animals eating it in the field, you can feed it to your animal in the house. Once, it, um, once it's gone for the wild animal, so then you have to get rid of it from your house as well. In other words, and that's the point at which we assume that it's all gone from the uh, from the field by the second rain. Why is it called What's the word of vi'ah? Usually it means something sexual in nature. Penetrates into the ground. Because the rain is like the husband of the land. Because it says in the Pasuk, just like the rain and the snow come down from the heavens, and they don't go back. Rather they wet the ground, and they cause it to give birth and to bring forth uh, and to bring forth plants. So that shows you that it's like the insemination of a man to a woman is the water, the rain coming into the ground. What's considered the first rain? If it's enough rain that it could make the ground a tefach deep, meaning a handbreadth deep, wet. To be considered the second rain, it has to be enough that it makes the ground muddy enough that you can make a cover for a barrel with that mud. Once there's enough rain that you have that much mud, we can't call it ve'atzar. We can't say that there's been a withholding of rain. That's the pasuk of ve'atzar. We can't apply that pasuk if you have that much rain. Any rain that falls before we read the Kriyat Shema in the morning, before ve'atzar, they're obviously rain of blessing and not of curse. We cannot apply. We cannot say that rain is being withheld if we've seen rain early in the morning. That's not true in the morning. That's only true of the of the evening Shema. But rain that falls in the early morning before you say Shacharit and say the Kriyat Shema of the morning, that could very well be insufficient rain, nothing rain, just a drizzle. 
Because Rabbi Yudah Bar Yitzchak said, Hanei Ananei, Ditzafra, the clouds of the morning, Ledbo Meshasha, they don't have any significance. Even if there's a little bit of a drizzle, it doesn't mean anything. Dichtiv, as it says, Ma'aselecha Ephraim, because Hashem said, What can I do with you, Ephraim? Ma'aselecha Yudah, what can I do with you, Yudah? Vechazdechem, Kanan Boker. Your kindness, your faithfulness is like the cloud of the morning, meaning it doesn't hold anything, it doesn't accomplish anything. So you see, Morning rain is nothing. Amalei Rafapa la Rabaye, but Rafapa said, Rabaye, how could you say that morning rain is nothing? Amalei, and Esheba Miftach Bave, Mitra, Bar Chamra, Moch Sakech Viganei. Don't we say that if in the morning, when they're opening the gates of the city, you see rain? We tell the wagon driver, we tell the donkey driver, fold up your sack and go back to sleep. Meaning you're not going to be able to do anything today. It's going to be raining. If it's already raining early in the morning, it's going to rain all day. Right, so you see that that rain is significant. The question is, if it's a thick cloud, a dark cloud, so then that's sustained. It's going to be sustained. If it's a light cloud, then it won't be. It's good for the tevet to have no rain. Some people that say that the reason why it's good to have no rain is because you won't, because Rashi says, In other words, we don't want the, uh, we don't want to have borut. Okay, we don't want to have people who are ignorant. In other words, we're going to be able to sell. We're going to be able to to uh, spread Torah. The la bayrei tarbitzei tarbitzei comes from marbitzin Torah. Rashi is saying. In other words, they'll be able to spread Torah, and people will not be ignorant because the roads will be nice and clean. Everyone will be able to walk on them. And the students will be able to go back and forth from place to place. Another another possibility. Rashi says lo bayrei means tarbitzei means ganot shenan delin arov ma'im gongrashinin. It won't affect the because too much rain will damage. Um, uh, uh, that, uh, and Rashi and Tosfot says also, She'ena ganot reikim mizra'im, because the, uh, uh, that the, the gardens are not empty of seeds. So the, uh, the idea is that the, uh, that the rain during that time can be damaging to whatever's already there. Vigadamre, de la shakil shudfana. That we don't want it to be that uh, the the crops get damaged that are out already in the fields. Any is that true? Didn't we say that no? It's better for Tevet to be dirty, meaning for a lot of rain. Depends. If there was rain earlier in the year already, so then we don't want rain to fall in Tevet because it ruins what's already growing. But if there was no rain yet, then we'd like to have it in Tevet to get the start the process started. If you have rain that fell in one place and not in another place in the same neighborhood, and we don't call that Vatsar, we don't say that Hashem is withholding rain because at least somewhere in the country it's raining. Any is that true? Active. It says in the pasuk, "V'gam anochim manati mikemet ageshem ba'ot shoshah chodeshim." That Hashem said, "I've held back for you the rain ba'ot shoshah chodeshim lakatzir v'imdarti al irachat al irachat lo amtir." Said, "I'm going to rain on one city and on one city I'm not going to rain. Not going to cause bring the rain." Chelka achat timater. One section will have will be rained on and one will not be. So you see, that's a curse. They're both curses. In other words, the one that gets no rain has no rain, and the one that gets rain gets too much rain, it gets ruined. It depends. 
if it rains in some areas, what's needed, even if it rains in other areas, what, you know, it doesn't rain in other areas, it's still good. But if it rains too much in some areas and none, none in other areas, then it's all around bad. There's a proof from the Pasuk because it says it will be rained, meaning it will be flooded, inundated with the water uh, when it's talking about certain sections getting rain and certain not. Meaning it will become a place of rain, it will become flooded. Now we learn from that that in fact, uh, we should, that too much rain or no rain at all, they're both bad. When do we start blessing on the new rain? This is talking about when the rain is so much that as the rain is coming down, that, uh, that rain is bouncing off the ground and going back up and hitting the rain that's coming down from the heavens. She says, so whenever a, a raindrop comes down, another one bounces back up. That's called the chatan coming out to meet the kala, and um, and that's the uh, uh, that that's the idea that there's so much rain. Once we see that much rain, that kind of a rainstorm, it's a serious rainstorm. Then we say a bracha on the new rain. We thank you, Hashem, our God. On every drop, on every drop that you have brought down for us. Rabbi Yochanan had a conclusion to it. Even if our mouths were as full of song as the sea, and our tongues were full of a song like the uh, like the uh, waves of the ocean. Ad. So this is the, uh, and this is, uh, this is the, um, what the, uh, like from the Shmat Kol Chai, the section from the Shmat Kol Chai, and uh, the Grab brings more, that this, this all is a section of, of, of the Nishmat Kol Chai, and then we say, your uh, mercy should not leave us, Etc. Blessed is the one of the one deserving of many thanks. Many thanks and not all thanks. We should say the God of thanks, meaning the God to whom we owe thanks. We should say. Therefore, we incorporate both. We say We say both of these things. We incorporate into one. In order to uh, mention the many, it doesn't mean the majority, it means there are many, there are so many things to thank Hashem. Hashem is due all praise and all thanks. But by saying, uh, we don't mean most of the thanks, we mean so much thanks is due to Hashem. And that's how we, uh, the Bacha is supposed to reflect that idea, how thankful we are for the rain, because of course the economy food, everything we have is dependent upon the presence of rain, plentiful rain, sufficient rain to grow the crops and to provide us with the basics of, uh, you know, our sustenance. Bezrat Hashem will continue from here next time.